Welcome to episode 24 of the At Bat Podcast, presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles, fresh off that trip from Israel. How was it, man? How you doing? I, uh, I'm doing well. I am uh, adjusting back to life in America after one of the craziest trips of my entire life. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just getting back into the routine of things. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit. It's like, you know, you're enjoying it and, you know, you're there for a while and you come back and just like life happens and it's, you know, back to it, back to the grind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. My energy is whoo. <laughs> getting yeah. getting uh, getting used to that uh you know that that timeline again. The American you know the Midwestern uh American time after just being in the oh whew, yeah <laughs> getting back to it. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't imagine like the I didn't, like I said, like I've told you before I've never been to like Europe or any, just any other country on that side of the world like. So I can't imagine like the jet lag and, and that type of stuff. Like jet lag for me is like from here to LA, which is nothing like, honestly. So, <laughs> so it's like, I can only imagine like, you know, getting over there and getting used to stuff and yeah, but definitely got to definitely got to go over there when, you know, all those countries over there is something I want to cross off the bucket list. So it's beautiful. They're all great. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, from your stories and all that, man, like seeing all the, the, the footage and I actually put something from, from your story last week in, in the episode. So it was like, you know, cool to see all that and just like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a beautiful country. So, um, all right. But now we're shifting over to, as Miles said, the Midwest. And we'll talk about the Cubs first. Um, they're 16-82. Uh, they lost a series to the Reds at Wrigley, lost a series to the Giants at Wrigley, and then uh, have won a series against the Mets in New York. Um, so they they couldn't close out the, the series win versus Cincy. Uh, they lost four to three. That was a Jonathan India RBI single that that actually ruined Suzuki's heroics. He had a hit, hit home run at the bottom of the eighth, um, and uh, the Cubs ended up losing that one. Uh, in game one versus San Fran, uh, Drew Smiley outdueled Carlos Rodon and Nico Horner and Gomes homered, but Cubs ended up losing that one four two. And then, uh, or excuse me, that one the one that we, that we won four two. And then um, in uh, game two was the one that the Cubs lost five two. Uh, Stroman allowed four runs in four innings, and Logan Webb shuts down the Cubs. Uh, then in game three, the Cubs ended up losing that one 4-2. Wade Miley uh, with a second start back from the IL. He went five innings along one earned run. Uh, but the Giants ended up getting to uh, Wisniewski, who who pitched 80, who actually pitched three and two-thirds innings through 88 pitches, uh, which is, I mean, regardless of giving up a few runs, I think it's it's kind of cool to see a young guy like that just, you know, just like last time, you know, go off and just, like, pitch, like, the rest of the, almost the rest of the game. Um, and then, uh, against the Mets, uh, the Cubs started on Monday, a series in New York and they won five to two McKinstry and Ortega hit home runs. And then, uh, Javier Assad, uh, was nearly flawless, uh, throwing six innings, one and in run, uh, while striking out six. Um, and then in game two, uh, the Cubs, uh, hit home runs off, off or ha- Ian Happ hit a home run off, uh, Jacob deGrom and, uh, Adrian Sampson, uh, was able to beat. Uh, DeGrom and the Cubs win 4-1 so t- overall a tough week in the sense of uh, series wins but the Cubs were you know when you're playing against a team like the Mets who was like a World Series favorite um, you know it's it's good to see uh, you know them play competitive and not give up about that what's your overall thoughts on the, the Cubs week especially I guess you know I would say the most important part is that series win against the Mets just because you know of the stakes that are still out there for the Mets and kind of like you know a Cubs playing spoiler and stuff like that yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's one of those weeks where 
you know, you don't you don't want to raise the bar too high for for this ball club. Um, you know, I, I think I think the the Reds have always pretty much given the Cubs a hard time. Um, you know, the the Giants are the Giants aren't a team that is out of this world, but they're still a very very solid ball club, and they come out of a very competitive division. Uh, so you know, not too much to expect out of out of that ball club there. I know. You know, some people are kind of frustrated with Stroman right now for how much he's getting paid and some of the starts that he's had this year and look at his ERA and his record. Fair enough. Maybe, you know, we let him settle in uh, next year. And, uh, you know, I think I still believe things are looking up. Uh, then you look at the series against the Mets, like we like you talked about, that's huge. Um, this team is very, very capable of, uh, you know, beating good teams as long as they just, you know, stay in there and, and kind of just let just stay the course. Um that's an amazing game last night uh, against against the Mets. Uh, offensively, you know, just very timely hitting. But, you know, more credit to that pitching staff yesterday just to really shut down uh, a very, very good Mets team that is starting to slip a little bit, a lot of bit in that division. And they're, you know, they're they're kind of trying to fight for first place in, in that division. A lot, a lot of good to take away. A lot of good to take away, and even, and you know, kind of want to go back a little more. Even in those losses uh, against San Francisco, those are still very close games. Um, you know, Cubs are right there. They're right there, and I, uh, I admire the fight. And they're not getting blown out. They're losing. They're losing by a little bit. So there's, there's a lot of good to take away um, from, you know, from this past week of baseball, and there's a lot of more good to look forward to. Yeah, no, and, and that is true. It's like. And and we've talked about it before, just how good it is to compete, um, even if you're losing. I mean, if you know you're going to lose, as long as it's a close game and, and you're able to, you know, stay in it and, um, you know, uh, keep it close. It's 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 very important, especially for confidence levels and, and to show that you, if you can compete against a big team, you know, that, that for the young players to come up here and get that, you know, sense of confidence. You know, and, and when you're talking about confidence, I mean, how I wonder how much confidence a guy like Javier Assad has uh you know because just because of how good he's pitched with us so far and um I mean it's good to see these young arms man because you just like there's you know for the longest time it was you know the Cubs cannot develop pitching they can't do this and that and you, you just get guys like Wisniewski up here um and you know Keegan Thompson Justin Steele and and you know solid arms man and it's like you know seeing that type of stuff at this time of year is probably the best part um of uh, you know of September and stuff like that so yeah I mean, uh, as as far as we know where the Cubs are at, we all know where they're at. So I think uh, ending the season strong, um, I think, hey, maybe who knows? They might, you know, pull off a nice little stretch and, and win, you know, like 70 games or something like that. You know, they, they got 10 more wins to go. Probably not going to get it. But, hey, you never know. And that's probably, you know, just a little bit of a goal as much as, you know, a lot of people expected them, you know, uh, you know, to to um, to win less than the games they have right now or whatever. But. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think also another plus would be like the Cubs finishing third, you know, because, um, I think a lot of, you know, people thought they were going to finish last when you're looking at, when you were looking at that, maybe in May or June of how bad they were. Um, and so far they're still sitting in third, uh, in front of the Reds and the, and the Pirates, probably not saying much, but you know, got to take what you can get at this time of year. Um, a couple of things I did want to mention too, was that Nico Horner, unfortunately, uh, went to the IL and then, uh, Ortega, uh, Rafael Ortega, he, uh, broke his, uh, I believe it was his thumb, uh, and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, so that's, that's rough. Um, but I will say, or also Wilson Contreras is still yet to come back. So hopefully we can get him, you know, back so he can, you know, 
play uh, uh, some games at Wrigley because you never know what's going to happen this offseason. Uh, speaking of the offseason, uh, I know we'll get into all this in future shows, uh, but uh, David Kaplan came out last night on his uh, postgame show or in his postgame that he does on, on Twitter and all that. Uh, David Kaplan from NBC Sports Chicago. And he talked about how he's heard that there's mutual interest in uh, tr- with Trey Turner and that Carlos Rodon has interest in pitching for the Cubs. We'll split that up real quick. So Trey Turner, mutual interest. Um, uh, earlier in the year, um, there was talk that Trey Turner wants uh, confirmations from or a confirmation of where the team is going when it comes to the Cubs. And I guess now that he's showing some interest, maybe he likes where the team is going. Um, but what do you think about that? What do you think about the the Trey Turner? We'll start with that one first, and just kind of like, what do you think about that? And also, I want to get your opinion on the fact that um, the Cubs are looking for a shortstop, right? Like that that's one of the things they they might do. But how do you feel about them moving Nico Horner, who's like statistically one of the best shortstops in the game, for sure the best one in the NL? Uh, I I don't know how to really wrap my head around that, but I want to hear what you have to think, say first. Yeah, I think that's kind of I don't know the the, the I, I question a lot of the strategy and 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 the management. I try not to uh, with this ball club. Um, but I question it a little bit. I think I think you know, as, as a baseball player, if there is something that you know, any any little thing that changes, even if it's if, if I'm hitting well and and I'm moved to to left field or from move to right field or from move to, move to second base, for some players it kind of throws off their entire routine just because every the the, the game as a whole um, really affects you know it really impacts how a player performs. Um, Maybe they're thinking different. Maybe they're not as confident in a different position, so they're going to be pressing harder at the plate. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. Why, you know, really tinker with that? But when you have someone such as you know Trey Turner, you know, it, I, I guess I guess that is something to to consider. Something that's very understandable. Um, so you know, I I don't know. I don't know. I I hope if if they do make that move, I hope it's both beneficial for not only, you know, Trey Turner, but I hope it's very beneficial for, for Nico Horner, who has been on this team for quite some time now um, and doesn't really deserve to get pushed out of his position. Um, he's so solid defensively. I think that's something that uh, the, the, that the Cubs shouldn't overlook. But then again, this, this entire management has all they've done is overlook stuff that's been working. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I really hope that's not the case. And, you know, Carlos Rodon coming to the Cubs, that'd be just another very solid arm for this team. You know, both of these guys, if they, you know, if this team's able to land them, we're, we're you know, we're really going to start to see that up, that, uh, that, uh, that uphill trend with this, with this ball club. So, you know, so much, so much to look forward with that, uh, so much to look forward to. So, you know, let's see what happens. Um, love both these guys on the cut, but I also think that it's going to take a few more pieces for this team to really start to compete, especially against a team like the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, you make a lot of good points. I mean, I think that with the whole Trey Turner thing, I think if you want to counter it, if you kind of want, like want to say, Oh, this is the reason why they'd push him off there and stuff. It's the money. You know, I'm sure they're going to, he's going to get a lot of money. Um, it's the status, what type of player he is. Um, I guess you want, I guess you do whatever it takes to keep them happy and comfortable. Um, it's yeah. I'm fortunate that you have to put off, you push off of a player that 
leads the national league in defensive runs saved. Um, and it's fourth in the majors in defensive runs saved at his position. Um, and I think, look, at the end of the day, some people might say still, you know, Hey, you put Nico Horner at second base might still be a, you know, gold glove second base. Most likely he will be just because of how good his defense is. But, uh, obviously shortstop being such a premium position. You, I, you know, it was up to me. I just want to keep him there. Um, and I, and also Trey Turner's defense isn't something to, you know, um, to really talk about, uh, compared to Nico Horner. So that's another thing too. And, and I think also, especially when it comes to like, Zander, for example, Xander Bogarts that, have, you know, Cubs have been linked to plenty of times over the season. Um, and again, same with him. Like I, I don't really see how he would fit in defensively with the Cubs setup. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll figure things out then. And, and as, uh, Ross has kind of alluded to Nico being open to this. And I mean, it's kind of expected with the type of player that Nico Horner is, you know, he, he's going to probably do whatever it takes, for, you know, to have a, a player like those guys on the team. So we'll see. I think uh, Ed was kind of having a conversation with a buddy and he kind of made a good point in the sense that it might be better to go for like a Correa and have Correa go to third and then still keep Nico at in the shortstop. So um, definitely uh, something I'm sure the Cubs will consider uh, coming down the stretch. And yeah, Carlos Rodon, man, I mean, just yeah, just thinking about him uh, in our rotation with you know with the guys that we got already, I think it would be awesome. I mean, having you know Rodon, Stroman, uh, Thompson, Steele, like not, not not to say that's you know that's already a postseason rotation, but it's it's moving the right direction, and you never know. It could, definitely could be a wild card rotation. So um, yeah, I'm, I really hope that's a thing. And he's played obviously he's played here before, played with the White Sox. So um, hopefully that that's something that the Cubs will definitely look into and. Uh, consider doing because I don't think it would be a super long deal. I, I think it, I feel like it would be similar to maybe a, a Stroman, a more money for sure, but a Stroman like deal. Um, so we'll see. But he's, I think he's definitely looking to get, you know, get paid compared to his last contracts. Um, and of course, he's going to opt out of his Giants contract uh, to go into free agency. Um, and all right. So the Cubs have got one more against the Mets this week and then three more against the Rockies. So hopefully they can uh, string out some some wins. They'll be back at home for that uh, Colorado series. Uh, so hopefully they can uh, come back home and get some wins. Uh, we'll shift over now to the White Sox, who are 73 and 69. They're currently playing, actually, the Rockies. The Rockies will now then head to Wrigley. Um, yeah, 73 and 69 are the White Sox. They had a series win against Oakland, three out of four. And now uh, they... Uh, beat Colorado in game one. This is game. Uh, this is that was game one of two. They're just playing a quick two game series. Um, but yeah, the White Sox now sit. They're sit uh, three games back to start the day. Uh, they're three games back of the first place Guardians and six and a half in the wild card race. Now we said this before. Wild card race is probably not the way they're going to go to the playoffs. If they do, uh, they're just like that. You know, six and a half games back already with maybe half a month left now. Um, but they had a successful West Coast, West Coast trip, which is something you you know you can't always say. Uh, game one against Oakland, uh, they won fourteen to two. Moncada he went five for six, two home runs, and I mean yawn. Dylan Cease again, right? Six shutout innings, uh, doing his thing. Uh, game two they win five three. Uh, it was a magical comeback, honestly. That was the comeback, like because uh, you know the A's were up three nothing going into the ninth, and the Sox won five three. Scored all five runs in the ninth inning. That was one of those wins where I was like, yeah, the, the sacks are definitely, you know, cooking up something right now, and it's serious. So um, they were able to get that win. And then Elvis Andrews, who's red hot, he, you know, who's been red hot with the White Sox, you know, he was uh, – he homered, had three RBI, and Lance Lynn does his thing with six shutout innings uh, in the 10-2 to win in game three. 
in game four, the Sox weren't able to close out the series with the sweep. They lost 10 to three. Cueto had his second clunker in the last month, uh, gives up five runs and four and two thirds. And then, of course, game one uh, against Colorado, the Sox won four to two. Eloy Jimenez hit a three run home run that held up. Uh, and the Sox ended up winning 4-2. Kopech goes five innings, giving up two earned runs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on just like the stretch, the overall stretch the White Sox have had over the last week or so. I mean, hey, I feel like I've said it before, uh, and I probably don't want to say because I don't want to jinx it for them, but I have said they were B-A-C-K before, and I um, probably shouldn't say it yet, just yet, but it's looking like it, though. Yeah, this team, this team is really heating up, man. These are these are some <laughs> these are some whoopings that they that they're laying down, especially uh, especially on the athletics. Oh my goodness! Obviously, aside from that last game that they've had, look, I uh, I don't want to say uh, what 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 some people are thinking. Um, they're 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 playing well right now under some different management. Um, so it is nothing. It is nothing against you know Tony the Rooster or any or anyone like that. Um and you know and also wishing Tony a speedy recovery. Um, but you kind of gotta you kind of putting that part aside. It's clear that this that this team just needs some sort of spark in in leadership. Um, and and I've been saying this over and over again. This ball club is so talented and they are so capable of of just you know, making some sort of incredible run. And right now they are hitting all strides when they're supposed to. They got a very, very important last few weeks of this season coming up. You know, you got one against the the Guardians tomorrow. You got the Tigers coming in town. You have to take care of business against you. You have to. There's no reason that you lose that series. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously you got Cleveland again, you know, in Chicago, and then the Tigers come to town after that. Then you go to Minnesota. That's a lot of divisional games going on right there. That's a lot of whether whether it is a team that it, that that you should beat in in terms of skill, whether it's a team that you have to beat in terms of where you're at. Right now, it's just like the Sox have to keep the keep their foot on the gas and keep going. Um, and right, and you know, you see everything's clicking on all cylinders. Um, I love I love the the outing that that Kopech had. I really do. Um, you know, I love how Eloy's been hitting so much good to take away from, um, keep going, keep going. You're right there. Don't, don't let up. You can't, you can't let up. If you've come, you, you know, you, you've come too far to, at this point, keep going, keep going. Cause they could, they could, they could pull something off here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been quite a run that they've had in the last week or so. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and just the fact that, um, they have that many those many games against their uh, the divisional opponents. It's a great thing, man, because you want that's what you want to see late in the season when you know you're uh you want to face the teams that are ahead of you, the teams that you want to get ahead. You want to face them a lot, and you will, the Sox will definitely get their opportunity. I know the Twins are behind the Sox now in the standings, still going to be there. There's still not so much separating like game and a half separating them, but you know uh, you obviously would rather have more games against the Guardians just because they're the team that you're chasing ahead of you. But you know what it is, what it is. They'll take advantage of that and still uh, be able to, you know, get plenty of games um, against the teams you want to face. And uh, a couple of the guys that are really helping the Sox right now, it's Joan Moncada and Elvis Andrews, which I never thought I would say, man. It's It's been uh, a mini revelation in the season. Uh, Joan Moncada, for example, has a 963 OPS in his last 15 games. He's been raking for longer than that, but just the specific 15 games, he's been killing it. Uh, and then Elvis Andrews. 
um, has been just a new player with the Sox, an 879 OPS in 23 games compared to a much larger sample size with the, with the A's, a 674 OPS in 106 games. But what do you think those guys have brought to the table? I mean, Yomoka has been here. We've seen him get hot. He's a streaky player. But when you got a guy like Elvis Andrews, who uh, has been through it, you know, he's been, he's been, you know, through the postseason runs, he's, uh, um, he's been, been there, done that. So kind of what do you think these players uh, have done in the last week or so that kind of have put the socks where they're at kind of in the driver's seat? Yeah. I, you know, and I'll start with, with uh, Moncada. Um, I think just heating up at the right time. Um, this is, this is a ball club where you really need everyone to perform well. And so for Mokata to be hitting and performing the way he has lately, that helps that, that just adds another layer of making this ball club solid. Um, so, you know, I love that. I love, I love seeing, I love seeing Mokata, you know, kind of start to hit his stride and, you know, get kind of get some solid ABs. Um, so that's, that's huge. And with Andrews, you know, like, like you said, he's bounced around a bit. Um, he's, he's been on his fair share of teams. I think that I just think that that experience this comes in so much, and it, it's something about this this White Sox ball club that when team when when players are 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 being brought here mid season or whatever it is, clearly that's a clubhouse that's extremely welcoming and makes you feel very comfortable within yourself. Um, you know, I, I really want to use Cueto as an example. You know, I know he you know he had a bit of a bit of a rough uh, a rough month, but but. Aside from that, he's been very solid. He, I really do, in terms of pitching-wise, him and Cease have been the reasons why the Sox have been able to somewhat keep their head above water. Um, and so when you look at a player like Andrews, who kind of, who kind of came from a, a team where, he, you know, he he was off to a really bad start this year. He, he was. Um, and so for for him to, you know, come to this ball club and, and really uh, and really just figure it out and find, you know, and find his groove, Speaks miles about how how talented this team is, and it also talk, it also shows how uh, a mature of a player that he is, and how valuable that he's been. So you know, I love I love this. I, I love these two players really hitting their stride because um, they're stepping up for players who aren't who aren't on the roster right now, who aren't playing like Tim Anderson. So I love it. I love it. I love every part of it. Yeah, and it's the thing. Like, if you would have told me like in April or or even March, like two of the best players in the Sox, you know, going into September, in September is Elvis Andrews and Johnny Cueto. I mean, I'd be like, you're lying. What year is this? Cause they, they, you know, those guys, you know, have been in the league for so long and have feel like they've obviously peaked. But when you look at Cueto, I mean, dude's pitching, like, you know, he pitched back in the day, you know, it's like you have, a, you see a little bit of that you see. And, um, you know, Elvis Andrews, uh, he's not really been himself in the last, you know, you know, lat, like latter stage of his career, but, um, he's showing his experience. He's showing he can still get out there and swing. And, 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 and Hey, you go into a postseason series with the guy like Elvis Andrews, who's been there, like I said, and, and has been through the, the postseason ring, like you never know. And, and those guys, you know, it's, it, those guys, those are important pieces, uh, to have and to add to a postseason team. So hopefully the Sox keep it going. I know, uh, as you said, hoping, hoping, hopefully Larusa can, uh, you know, get back sooner rather than later. Uh, I think I believe he will be back at the stadium, but not just not in the dugout. Uh, so Miguel uh, Guido will continue to uh, be the interim manager right now. Also, uh, I like the little story that they talked or that came out this week where, you know, uh, Miguel Guido, he had like a whole speech for the, the Sox 
uh, players. And, you know, he said, Hey, if you don't, um, if you don't want to be here, leave. Like he kind of like was saying, Hey, it's go time. Like, this is it. Like you're either on the train or you're not on the train. So I think that's awesome to fire them up. And, you know, I was actually, you know, uh, again, more off season talk, but I was talking to a, a buddy too, about just like how the fact that like, Hey, if the Sox worst comes to worst, they don't make the postseason, or, you know, they go into the postseason, they lose. And they do consider getting rid of Tony La Russa, you know, if they were, you know, Miguel Cairo is honestly a good, it would be a good option too to consider that guy. I mean, he's been uh, with those players and he knows those players and, you know, he hasn't necessarily gotten a chance yet in the big league level to manage. So I think it'd be pretty cool and I think it'd be a good option. So hopefully the Sox will consider that um, going down uh, the stretch and, and to see what happens in the conclusion of this one. Um, all right, we'll shift over now to the rest of the league. Now, I really wanted to get uh, your opinion on on some of the stuff that happened while you were gone, which is the rule changes. Um, and yeah, just kind of like, what are you? I know I said a little, I, I said a little bit about what I thought about these changes when it comes to the shift, the uh, the clock, and uh, the stolen bases and all that. But we'll talk a little bit more. But yeah, I wanted to get your initial thoughts on that, uh, on the uh, rule changes that happened in the last week. Yeah, so big, big changes and changes you kind of saw coming. Uh, I'll just start with the shift. Um, I think I'm kind of in the middle about it. Uh, clearly, clearly, we're, we're playing in a generation that there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, all or nothing. Either a player is hitting the one side of the field or is not hitting the ball at all. And, you know, in baseball is a game of adjustments. Uh, teams are adjusting to that. So, you know, you have a player, you have, you know, any, and there's many players that come to my head. Um, who are hitting the ball to one side of the field and it is extremely difficult for them to get on base. It's extremely difficult for uh, a team to start any sort of rally. Um, my whole thing about that as a ball player, and I think that this kind of comes with what I, what I learned in college is as hitters that we have to adjust. We have to. Um, so this is, this is kind of a cookie that's been given uh, offensively to hitters who have been struggling Um it's it's a it's a rule change that you you know we we can't be we can't be too surprised by. Uh, there's not a lot of players right now that are hitting to all parts of the field, and for the select players who do, this doesn't affect them at all. They're they're gonna they're they're hitting good with or without it. But you know I think I think that there is something to be said here about where the game is going. Uh, this is the team that this is the game that is just completely evolving more and more each year. We're kind of in a transition period, uh, so you know. Not too surprised by that. When it comes to the pitch clock, I like it a lot. I wasn't a big fan of it at first, but then I thought about the amount of games I've been to and I'm watching pitchers take so much time in between to a certain point where we're like, hey, dude, throw the, throw the ball. And any any minute now, um, specifically, I, I look at a pitcher like your oldest Chapman who brings so much. He's so entertaining to watch, but he also does take a lot of time in between pitches. He's not the only one. I'm not just trying to single him out, but he's one of the first pitches that comes to my mind when I think about this. Got to pick. You could be. We got to pick up the pace. There's a, there's a reason why college baseball is so entertaining to watch. It's because these these players are playing at a pace. They're, they 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 want to get the game going because they're ready to play. The longer the longer your 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 infield and your infielders and outfielders are standing out there, the more easy it is to become restless. So the better pace that you play when it comes to this game, the the more entertaining it becomes and the better quality of a game it is. So 
Uh, you know, that's what I think. And, you know, it changes strategies when it comes to picking off and everything. I, I love all of it. When it comes to the bases, I know that there is a conversation about, you know, it's it's about injuries. Um, yeah, sure. I think they just want more stolen bases with a bigger bag. <laughs> that's what I really think it is. You know, you definitely want the safety aspect in there as well. You don't want anybody getting hurt. But, you know, stealing bases has kind of become a lost art in this game. So, you know, bigger bases means more room for a player to to slide in. Same thing when it comes to, to picking off. There's more there's more base for a hitter to grab. Is more And it's more ground for the fielder to cover, which is difficult. Tagging a base runner is already hard enough as it is. These guys make it look very easy, but please do not get it mistaken, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is very, very difficult uh, to catch the ball and get a tag down, find the runner, uh, and get and get his hand or his le- whatever the case may be. It's very difficult. So this pretty much changes the strategy of the the entire game going into next year. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be an adjustment period for many players. It's going to be difficult for starters who who are who are going in there and they're kind of used to taking their time and they got to pitch at a pace now it's gonna be difficult for the relievers as well Pedro Martinez was talking about this last night uh when I was watching when I was watching uh, TVS with my dad so there's so much to take away from this but I think these are good challenges I think there are aspects of it that that are going to be frustrating but um, like I said, as as players, as much as we have to adjust to hitting away from the shift, now we have to make another adjustment to playing this game in a little bit of a different way. So, you know, it, it'll it'll be it'll be something to look out for next year. I think it's there's gonna be moments where we're gonna be frustrated, but I do think it's gonna be good for the game. And there may be aspects of this that are gonna get adjusted and tweaked down the line. So I don't think all of this is set in stone. Uh, next year will obviously be kind of the test run for some of these rules, but we'll see what happens. So, you know, I think I think it's just time for players to adjust. And for me to say that I'm surprised by this, that'd be a, that'd be a lie. To a certain extent, certain players have brought this on themselves, getting used to playing a game a certain way. Um, so let's see let's see what happens with that going forward. But I'm not against all of it, but I am curious to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, no, and it's been I've had plenty of conversations over the last week, and and there's been plenty of um, friction in the, in in the sense of uh of people that don't like it, and you know what? For the most part, uh, I feel like though people around our age, we're kind of like most of us are indifferent about it. It's like, hey, it's just baseball; it's gonna happen. If anything, you like, we like it. Uh, but a lot of the older generations, and yeah, they hate it, man. I think they, they like, I've talked to plenty of guys. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you said you were talking to your dad, but I've talked to plenty, like, or just plenty of comment sections and just, man, these guys are having at it and just saying all this stuff like, you know, oh, well, you know, ruining the integrity of the game and, and all that. And, and, and the shift, you know, learn to hit the other way, like all this stuff. And, I don't know, man. It's 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 a lot, but I, the way I see it, uh, the reason I'm indifferent is just because this has happened. This happens in every sport. Years change. Years happen. Like you're sorry. Years pass. Things happen. Games change. The three point line wasn't always there. Right. The the defensive setups in the NFL weren't always limited to players or yeah. amount of players. Mm-hmm. I mean, not everything's literally not everything ever stays the same. So it's like everything's yeah. gonna change. Yeah. And obviously, there's always gonna be people that like it and don't like it. But it's like, 
I don't think it's going to necessarily ruin anything that the game stands for, or I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it like, and the reason, and obviously I've told people too, like the reason they're doing this ultimately is to try to attract more fans and to attract the younger generation. And I mean, I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. If they want to try doing that, do I think it's going to work? No, but any type of um, effort towards that is fine with me. um, Because I know that most of the, especially like the pitch clock for sure, they're trying to speed up the game. Yeah. We can't keep having three and a half hour games for, we, we, we can't keep doing it. We can't even, even as us as diehard fans, Mm -hmm. we love the game for what it is. Exactly. But it's like, hey, we, can we please pick up the pace, please? So, yeah. No, yeah, and it's the thing, like, that one for sure, yeah, that one 100%. It's just always, like, the, the, the shift ones, I feel like, the one that's been, like, the most, like, mm-hmm. talked about when it comes when it comes to negatively or not, whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah pitch clock just makes sense. You, you just got to – the fact that it's affected the minors that much in the sense of it being uh, – games being decreased by 20 minutes, uh, 20-something mm-hmm. minutes, like, that's crazy. So, yeah. that would make a big deal in the, in the majors, and uh, hopefully things go out well. But, yeah, it's just, you know uh, – it's going to be something to get used to when it comes to watching the game and seeing things. But I think that um, the way that players are going to settle in, I think they'll be fine. I think there's going to be just a, you know, a period of, of uh, getting adjusted and all that, but I think they'll be fine and, and we'll get through. And the, I don't think the game will drastically change to the sense of some people are talking about, because uh, at the end of the day, as you said, we're diehard baseball fans. We're going to be watching regardless. So, you know, so now we'll shift over to the, uh, postseason picture and uh, the Dodgers clinched uh, the NL West. Uh, no, to no, to absolutely no one's surprise. I mean, they're like they're had like 50 games in that division, so uh, yeah, nobody nobody was surprised about that. But the one that's still in development, still not done yet, still hasn't wrapped up and, and has a lot way to long way to go is the NL East, and that's the Braves and the Mets battling for that number one spot. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that just because, um, you know, going back to, and I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, but going back to the beginning of the season, neither of us were convinced on the New York Mets, you know, when it comes to winning the division. Uh, you call the you call the Braves winning the division. Uh, same with me. Um, so the Mets, you know, crumbling right now at this time. And, the, you know, the Braves are just so good. Both teams are really good, but they're just the, just the way the Braves are set up, they might be more equipped to win that division. Um, so yeah, just what, what do you think about how it's going and, uh, how do you think it's going to end? Oh God, it's going to come down to the very end of the season. I think, I think like the, the Mets have been as solid as that they could ever be during the season. <clears throat> and there's so much great to take away up to this point. They're having a little bit of a hard time finishing. They, they're and, and not in a term of they, they, they've gotten comfortable, but just in, just in terms of like. They're still about what, like three weeks, two, three weeks left in the season, two and a half. It's just there. There's still so much. You know, we're coming down to the wire, but there's still so much baseball to be played. The Braves, if 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 people have noticed, this is a team that plays with a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of motivation, and they play very very well at this time of the year specifically. Every single time. So, the Mets have been solid they're they're still having a great year <laughs> it doesn't help the cubs coming in and playing spoiler for them it also doesn't help that ozzy albies is right around the corner and has a five-hit game in in the minor leagues 
the Braves are coming. They're coming, and I think the Mets are starting to feel that pressure a little bit. I think that they are they are not not crumbling, but it's kind of like a oh crap kind of moment. You know, we we have we've been playing well, but you know the the Braves have been right right on our neck. So there there's I think the Mets are just kind of in a moment where it's like, hey, you know what? I think let's make sure that we keep taking care of what we have to take care of. We have to take it one game at a time, and we'll be able to neutralize the Braves. But I just, you know, I've always felt this way. The Braves, the Braves, they play with so much energy. They, they, they kind of remind me of like a like a JUCO baseball team. Just, just, just hard nose goes out there, not scared of nobody. They're they're gonna go at you. Same thing with the White Sox. Why could the White Sox remind me of when I played on Oakton? Last year's White Sox team, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, the, the Braves are a team that they're just. They're not. They're not afraid of nobody. They're. They're coming. They're coming, and it's only gonna. It's only. They're gonna get. They're only gonna get better. You know what I mean. So I don't. I don't believe the, the Mets have, were, were were expecting that. I think they kind of looked up and they're like, oh, <laughs> wait, they're right there. So, uh, you know, it's just, just the, the the Mets are fine. They're healthy. They're they're gonna continue to to play well, but they also have to realize the Braves are a team that this this time of year and on is where they play the absolute best yeah and exactly they've proven it they've done it in you know recently in recent memory obviously as as close as the last year so they they've definitely been there and they're not scared of the Mets whatsoever and yeah you look at these two teams and man it's just uh, I've said it before that the Mets just have those types of players that can definitely take you to the World Series they're gritty players they have you know the the Brandon Nimmo's and the McNeil's and they have a nasty pitching staff when healthy uh, but yeah, to be honest, like when the Mets are, are losing these types of games, so that, for example, the Cubs and stuff like that, you have to have those games, especially now. Um, and you look at the Braves and they've had a tough go in the last, you know, few games just because of the sense of they've played, you know, playoff caliber teams like the the Mariners. Um, but I don't know, they, they just, they have a better lineup in my opinion. And just, you know, there's, I think just the sense of them, uh, you know, having been there already last year kind of helps them out a little bit. Um, and, you know, it'd be cool still to see, um, not that I don't think the, the Dodgers are going to be in the NLCS, but it'd be cool to see a Braves Mets NLCS. So they kind of settle it. Um, but those are really like those three teams in the Dodgers, Mets and Braves, you could flip a coin in any three of those to win the world series, in my opinion. So um, it's going to be a, a really intense race when it, yeah. you know, going down the stretch, but that's as, you know, as we want it, you know, because um, it's really just the, um, I, I personally still think the AL East is over. I think the Yankees are still going to win that. No problem. Um, you could argue the AL wild card is also set. Um, the Orioles are five games back. It doesn't really look like they're going to come back and, and make any noise there, unfortunately, but that's still not a horrible thing for them. They they've had a good, you know, good run this year uh the brewers are still in the mix for the nl wild card uh they're two games back of the padres uh padres also have not been very convincing when it comes to um uh getting to the postseason their type of play down the stretch juan soto just hasn't been the juan soto one as he come as, as he's come over here to the to the padres so um we'll see what happens plenty of races that are heating up i don't think we either of us and like i said we'll talk about more like during our postseason preview um, in the next month or, month or so, but I don't think either of us really thought uh, the Phillies were going to be where they're at now. Uh, they definitely have cleaned up no. their act, and uh, Rob Thompson has has brought them back to life, and yeah. they're going to be there. They're going to be in the postseason, so definitely, yeah. um, 
a lot that's going to happen and a lot that, you know, we'll definitely get into. Uh, Mark but my words, this will be one of the most fun finishes to a season in, in MLB history. Oh, and yeah. If it's not, then uh, I'll retire. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, because it's like, I don't think we've, like, with just having more postseason spots, there's more, you know, and also just not even, like, not even the teams that are going to, like, um, not make it to the postseason, but teams that are going to be in it and already are in it, just like, for example, the wild card teams, the yeah. shuffling of those and in, in being like, oh, they're facing this team if the season mm-hmm. ends today or if they're facing this team, like, it's going to really put those teams that are, you know, have the second seed um, and, the, and the third seed kind of like, you know, what keep going to keep them guessing. So it's going to be really interesting to see yeah. um, what happens in that aspect. And, yeah. and um, a lot of teams are going to be uncomfortable in the last couple of days of the season because they don't know mm-hmm. who they're facing. So exactly. yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but that will wrap things up for this edition of the at bat baseball podcast presented by war media. I am Saul Rodriguez along with miles Porter. Uh, we will see you guys next week.